Welcome back, guys. Uh, this is the Peacetimes podcast, and today we'll be starting a brand new semester full of exciting news and content that we'll be giving out to you guys often, actually. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm Brian Martinez, and today I'll be accompanied by Jordan Miller. Hello. Emerson Scolo. Hi. Mitchell Bador. What's up? And Adrian McGee. Ayo. So let's get it started. Uh, let's go, Jordan. What do you got to talk to us about? All right. So honestly, I am so glad to be back on campus. Um, being from far away and being back feels honestly so refreshing. And having people on campus is great. Um, obviously, as we know, kind of classes have shifted to virtually. And I expected it to be in person, which is going to be something kind of fun to be able to see people in person interact um, without being on the computer. But as we all know, we're not going back until the 8th. Um, Obviously, everybody's not on campus as well, so um, having the testing procedure was something nice this semester, I would say, uh, something that we didn't have last semester to enter back in, and so I feel a lot more comfortable knowing that everybody kind of got tested and you have to be negative to be back on campus, and that um, the school is planning on doing weekly testing, not only for the athletes, but for um, students as well, regular students. They're gonna be getting tested randomly weekly. Um, so they'll be sending out emails about the weekly testing. Hey, Brian, do you have anything to say about being back on campus? Uh, I just actually, actually just have a question. Um, so you said that we'll be receiving emails uh, do you know the dates we'll be getting them or the time? Yeah, so on Fridays at 3 p.m., the school will be sending an email out to the students that are chosen to do the weekly testing along with um, providing information as to where the testing is going to be and when the testing is going to be as well. Um, so just check out your email to see when the school is going to be sending out things like that. Um, each resident should be getting tested at least once a month. Um, to ensure that obviously the school continues to stay negative and everything keeps going so we can potentially stay to the end of the semester this year, which would be great. I would love that. Hey, Mitch, do you have to say anything? Mitchell, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I was just, no, either one's fine. Uh, I was just curious, like, since you're back on campus now, if, like, you can tell a difference in students and the way people interact. Um, people are taking it more serious. People are a little bit more lax. Um, if like some regulations are different on campus. I was just curious if you were aware of any of those or you can talk about any of those for us. Um, well, only being back for about a week now, I've kind of seen a difference. A lot of students are remembering their masks. The first few days were a little troubling. I know myself, I'd always forget it. Uh, when I get out of my car, I'm like, oh goodness, I need to put my mask on. But um, that's just from being home. But a lot of people have transitioned well from being home where you don't have to wear a mask to being on campus. Um, and I will say a lot of people are also uh, kind of calming down with being out and about as well. I've noticed a lot of the residents on my hall have been on the hall, um, kind of enjoying each other's company, safely distanced and still wearing masks, which is something nice. Um, and then around campus, I haven't really seen as many people, obviously, because we don't have in-person classes, but I still have managed to kind of see friends here and there. And then, like, also, like, as an athlete, one thought I've had recently is um, with the online classes, would I rather stick to an online class and not go after these two weeks are up, not, like, switching to, an, like, an in-person and being afraid of, you know, somehow getting sick before an end season or something like that? Emerson, are you an athlete? Or yep. 
yeah, so you're you're kind of in the same you're kind of in the same boat as me, where you, you know you don't want to miss time, and how these online classes might affect that. I don't know, just like as a like a normal student, or like what what are y'all's thoughts about about the two the two weeks of online before or prior to to meeting in, in person? Honestly, I don't really like it. Um, I know that we all tested to come in, but I would prefer to have, you know, like a high flex or maybe like a hybrid situation so that way those who are even on campus can still get those, um, you know, those in-person classes, the connection with the teacher that you can actually see them, you can learn better. Personally, I have a lot of trouble being able to focus during class because you're online for hours at a time. The teacher's talking constantly for the entire class period and occasionally stopping, but when they stop, you know, the students aren't really paying attention enough to even really answer any questions. Um, I also think that with it being like in person now um, would have kind of allowed everybody to transition back in and you wouldn't have those fears of like, oh my goodness, I have to go to practice, but like I've been in person now. Everybody who would have been in the classroom already would have been negative they're being tested and then if they would have done that they could have started the weekly testing randomized earlier um it also does provide those who can't make it to come but with it being the exception of the hybrid high flex class that i think would be better those students who aren't able to make it can still attend class efficiently yeah are any of y'all are any y'all worried about the new testing protocol coming out emerson you can go ahead all right um, well, for back to the other thing, because that my stuff wasn't on that, the new testing protocol thing. But um, for me personally, I really do kind of like the online because I live at the apartments and um, I would be like driving to the school for like 7 a.m. workouts and then driving back here because I don't have class until 12. So like my schedule is the way my schedule works. It just works better for me. But I kind of like it, but I really like in-person classes better, especially since I'm a simulation and game design major and I have to have the computers and stuff. So. But in regards to like the new testing, um, I'm not really worried about it because well, like as the athlete part of it, she's they've already updated us on like what our days are, what the times are for when we have to be there. And then, um, how that like they ran us through the situation, but I have no idea how the um, the school testing is going to go. All right, Adrian, you had a input. So I'm not an athlete. So for me, the testing, I'm not exactly looking forward to because I check my emails every day. It's connected to my phone, but I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, sweet. I get to shove a cotton swab up my nose again. So I think it's pretty cool that we're all testing to make sure we're safe, but at the same time, there might always be somebody who doesn't want to take it seriously. So I'm not looking forward to seeing what happens if it gets worse or if we have to redo testing altogether. Honestly, I think I'm going to enjoy the weekly testing. So I think that's only because of the fact of like people assume that like, hey, I got tested last week, like I'm good to go. But in reality, you can still catch COVID 20 minutes after you took your test that said it was negative, you know, so this is like ensuring that people are still practicing social distancing, practicing being sanitary, washing their hands, wearing their mask, because you can say all day that you do it. But being tested and knowing regularly that you do not have it will give me a peace of mind more than just walking through my day, like around people who may not have it. Yeah. Um, 
regarding the whole like getting tested thing, I honestly would rather get tested weekly rather than not and just have virtual classes. Just because like I'm a theater major and most of my classes kind of have to be in person for me to actually learn what I'm like uh, following. So I'd rather honestly just have the testing weekly and just be able to go to my classes just because I do have like a whole like sword fighting class that I have and I I did it virtually and it was just awful. So I'd definitely rather have it in person. Huge as a, uh, for an athlete, like our whole athletic department to uh, to have the whole student body being tested. So that way, I mean, every school or every sport's going to be in season come a couple of weeks. I mean, we already have some in season now, but um, with all that going on, I mean, it's important to know. It's important to know. And like you said, you can find stuff out literally 30, you can get it 30 seconds after. You never know. So um, I think that's a really big thing. And speaking of uh, having the sports going and already, uh, our men's basketball team's already opened up their season. They've uh, started the season one and one, splitting against Ferrum, uh, one game away, losing the game here, seventy-three to seventy-six, and winning the game away, ninety-three to eighty-five. Uh, John Burwell also won Player of the Week, which is uh, at a school this size, it's awesome to see guys like that winning Conference Player of the Week. Uh, JB had twenty-six points and thirty-four points in both games. Uh, it's kind of a weird young, a weird year for the for the Pacers. I mean, a lot of young guys, a lot of new faces, but. It should be a really fun, uh, really fun season. And then uh, on the side for the women's, uh, coming off a historic season last year, finishing twenty-three and five, uh, they opened the season two and zero. Uh, They're preseason ranked second in uh, in conference. So of course you want to make sure that we can have a season for those girls. Uh, possibly put another banner up in Herman. Uh, and then the they returned three out of the five starters from last year, which is huge, uh, including Lauren Cross, who's already scored thirty-eight points in two games. Um, it's almost 60% of their total scoring. So uh, that's, that's huge for the, for the women's serves. And then uh, they also have a new coach this year, which is pretty interesting. Uh, Marquita Dickens, who uh, holds the program record at St. Elizabeth's for conference wins. And then um, also coached at Monmouth as an assistant and central as an assistant. And uh, prior to her coaching career played four years at uh, NC state. So it's a new face around campus in case y'all are curious who that was, but uh, she's going to be leading our, our women's basketball team to hopefully some more championships and uh, another comp or another uh, tournament appearance. How do you think that being online has affected yourself as an athlete, like your games um, being viewed online? Like, do you feel more pressure to perform? Do you feel less pressure to perform better? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not, I'm not technically in season yet, but um, I have talked to a lot of basketball guys and I mean, it's weird. <laughs> it's not necessarily the, um, the, the recording and then it being on TV slash YouTube as the way of viewing it, but more so, you know, being able to be in an arena and hearing every conversation, hearing all the shoes squeak, hearing all that stuff. Like this is the first time like a university of this size is really going to go through something like that. And uh, it's really interesting. A lot of the guys talk about how weird it is and how different it is to play and how, how different it is to strategize. I mean, it it changes a lot of the way the games are played. And uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see when outdoor sports come and, you know, volleyball or even in, like volleyball being an indoor volleyball playing will be interesting. Um, baseball will be very interesting, even though it's like not necessarily non-contact. Soccer really interests me. Um, I'd be really interested to see how that goes and how different that's played um, or how normal they try to have the viewing experience, especially for for other people. I mean, 
Uh, outdoor sports, I assume, should stay pretty similar, considering there's plenty of room to, to span out. Um, hopefully, hopefully at some point, you know, we can make a change and hope have some people back in the stands. I would hope for that too, because I'm super excited to see them in person. I've been yeah. waiting since March for the and basketball really, team to come back. You know, yeah. obviously we left and things weren't the same, so I'm super excited. Yeah, it's things too, because we got two really good teams, and we got two really, um, we got an older team and the women's team that can that can make a lot of noise and can and can win another can win the conference, and that would be huge. And then the men's team is young, and and they're a good group to watch. They play fast, they score a lot of points, they get up and down the court. Uh, they've shot well. They've shot. I think they shot sixty percent from three in their first game or in their second game. So I mean, they play well. Um, you know, you don't you don't want to have to watch them on TV. I'd much rather be able to to pack Herman and and support those guys and those girls. Yes. So like from we had like a little bit of like sort of a season in the fall, but we just scrimmaged each other. So like we getting to actually play real people this season starting in the February, I think it'll be really exciting, but without people in the stands, it does affect the intensity, I think. And we, I've seen for us when we were just scrimmaging, we played, we played around a lot. Like we joked with each other a lot more than we normally would on the court. So I think there's definitely going to be a huge difference there, but I'm ready to play. Would you think it's more of like the mental side becomes harder? Like as an athlete, was it the mental like preparing the preparation part? Is it the actual going through part? Is it um, like just like what what part do you find the most difficult about not having the fans? Because it mm -hmm. seems like a lot different, pretty split on it. The uh, like I the preparation before the game was a lot different for me, difficult for me, I guess, because usually I'm used to coming in early, getting into the locker room and like changing and conversating with like my teammates and like just warming up and we have to be separated and spaced out. And it's just like, it's difficult because we all like, we're all like always high fiving each other and we can't really do that now. So it like, I don't know, it just puts a, a little nick in our attitudes, I think our high attitudes. So we just like roller coaster. It's like the, uh, the Davos weenie saying, bring your own guts. It's like, you really got to bring it now or else you're really going to get shown that you're not. <laughs> that's, how, that's how a lot of our coaches have kind of compared it to. The past almost year has been very interesting because most of the things we do is virtual. And so in current news around our country and even the world, we just had our, 46th president inaugurated which is kind of awesome um especially during a pandemic you know where and also security reasons um it wasn't in we people weren't able to go spectate the inauguration so it was virtual so that's pretty interesting what are you guys' thoughts on having a virtual presidential inauguration go ahead jordan I feel like it invites more people to come and kind of watch it. You know, a lot of people who may not be involved because they're living in Washington state, not Washington, D.C. Or, you know, like they're not in the area to be able to watch it in person, but being able to see it virtually, especially with how um, intense this election was with a lot of um, the votes and stuff, being able to finally see the inauguration happen and a lot of people feeling relief um, potentially. 
<laughs> it's kind of nice for everybody to experience that and experience that in their own space and on their own time. You know, I could be driving down the car watching it and listening to it, not necessarily watching it, obviously, in the car, but listening to it in the car. Right, um, right. Or even as simple as like popping in and out on, because it's virtually, you know, you don't you don't necessarily miss anything and you can always go back and rewatch what you missed. Yeah, definitely. It definitely felt like it was like a thing we've been waiting for for like a million years because November feels like it was so long ago. But usually um, the transition is always like seamless. But this time around, it was very, very, very controversial with the former president, Donald Trump, not really conceding to the election and not really wanting to have a smooth transition of power. So. What are your thoughts on, like, seeing that? Do you think it's helping our nation or is it worsening it, causing more divisions? Mitchell? Uh, just going back to, like, the virtual thing, I think uh, it might have been a blessing to uh, to have a virtual inauguration this year and to keep from a couple more of these uh, different protests from each side coming on. Um, you know, maybe it could have been a positive. Maybe there were a lot of things we avoided there. But uh, also it was it was awesome because you got to see a lot of things that you that you wouldn't get to see before. Uh, there's a little bit more increased coverage, a little bit more, a little bit more direct going down to things. Uh, that's that was my main takeaway from the inauguration. I'm sorry to kind of go back to that, but uh, I really, I, I really enjoyed being able, like you said, how interactive it was. Like, uh, like it, it might have, you know, that might have been my favorite, my favorite time watching it, just because of how direct and how easy and how watchable they made it, because they wanted to include everyone in it. And even, I mean, even if you weren't on a on a left side or a right side i mean you could still watch it evenly and, and still see faces you know i mean even garth brooks performing is awesome like <laughs> but that, that was just my takeaway from it it's very interesting having to see like on my laptop i mean that being said we do have like beforehand like it was always televised on tv but this year there was just like a it was just there was a high like a bigger impact i guess since it was all virtual like everyone was on the same page, you know, we're all kind of seeing history in the same way, you know, like we were watching it through some sort of lens, you know, we were not physically there. Saying, uh, can you hear me now or is it still my yeah. no, I was just saying, I hope that at least somebody can get a smile out of a Bernie meme if it's something, if somebody can get a smile out of that inauguration. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, Cause I know there were a lot of students who were watching it like, while they were in class, you know, like if we were in person, a lot of us wouldn't have seen like a very historic moment just happen like in front of us. So that's pretty cool. Um, there were a lot of also like pretty cool moments that happened during the inauguration, like Lady Gaga singing the national anthem with her golden mic. I thought that was kind of iconic, you know, just she said, nah, no regular mic, just a golden mic. And then um, J-Lo singing, I forgot the song she sang, but I know she incorporated her own song, which I thought was like, okay, J-Lo, interesting. Choices were made. Not bad, per se, but interesting choice. Um, Garth Brooks singing uh, Amazing Grace acapella style was really good. I really did enjoy that. Um, yeah, Amanda Gorman, her poem was amazing. Like, it was just awesome, you know, just... It spoke. It spoke to like what we're going through as a nation right now, and definitely gave us hope for for the future. And so, yeah, yeah, Jordan. 
I can say one thing I can relate to is, um, you know, with the inauguration, something kind of unique for myself. I'm not very political, but um, having a small designer from South Carolina, where I'm from, actually designed the outfit that Michelle Obama was wearing, which was absolutely fabulous. But um, it was just kind of something interesting to like see somebody from my my tiny little state kind of relate back to that and, you know, see where people go far enough to be able to make clothes for Michelle Obama. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fashion is always a really big thing of the inauguration as well. And they did not let this pandemic stop them. They had some amazing outfits this time. Um, Michelle Obama was, in my opinion, the best dress there. Uh, she really killed it, not like threw it out of the park. But um, yeah, then Elle, I don't know her last name, Kamala's stepdaughter, she was wearing a really interesting outfit with like the golden like shoulders. I was here for it. I was living for that. But yeah, and then Dr. Joe Biden, great luck. So yeah, the inauguration was something really interesting that happened. Uh, yeah, Mitchell? You're uh, talking about Joe Biden. Joe Biden's uh, granddaughter, I think, made some news, too, um, in the sneakerhead community wearing a pair of, uh, I think it was, they were Jordan 1s, but they were Jordan 1 lows of one of the new colorways that came out. And uh, everyone on Twitter and stuff was joking about how she chose to wear the, the low ones because the low ones are the sneakerhead approved and not the high. So I thought that was pretty cool that she chose to wear uh, a pair of Jordans on her granddad's inauguration. Yeah, that's that's pretty Pretty cool. And I know, um, I think it was Kamala Harris's niece's husband was wearing a pretty cool uh, pair of Dior One Jordans or something like that. I forgot what they were. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm here for the shoe. So, yeah. Um, and then in other big news that that's currently happening in, like, culture and stuff is the whole, like, I guess, feud between Sabrina Carpenter and Olivia Rodrigo that involves Joshua Bassett. Uh, two of them are from High School Musical, the musical, the series that's on Disney Plus, and then Sabrina Carpenter's and I think now ex-Disney Channel star. And so there's like a love triangle happening and Olivia wrote a song about it called Driver's License, which was a huge hit. And then Sabrina Carpenter kind of clapped back with her own single, Skin. And so you can definitely tell where the parallels are between them just kind of referencing each other. And so, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? If anyone has any thoughts, uh, Jordan? I will say I don't know much on the situation other than I was sitting at my job this morning and I did hear a conversation about it, which was interesting. So this is how I kind of got to know about it. Um, I did get to hear the song, which it was actually not that bad. Like it sounded really good. Um, but hearing things like that in conversation and me not really being familiar with Disney Channel as much anymore was interesting to hear that, you know, stuff's going on with Disney and a Disney feud. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw it trending on Twitter and then I have like a, my sister always updates me with like the tea and like all the gossip that's happening, like with Disney Channel and stuff. Cause she's still like fairly new, fairly young, not new. Um, so she always like she'll always text me like, "Hey, this is what's happening." I'm like, "Cool, I don't care." But this time I actually do care because it sounded very interesting. Um, since the music is actually not that bad. 
Um, so yeah, if anyone has anything else to say, I think we're all good. Yeah, Adrian. So I updates on TikTok. So we have there's this person going around called the vegan teacher, and there has been a news article that's going to be coming out at some point. And it's apparently she since she lives in Canada, she's broke like nine laws there. And I even have like a small list of some of them that she broke, which is impersonation of a medical professional, threats, promoting marijuana because some places it's not legal and she's worldwide, uh, racist and other impersonations like a Jamaican wishing stereotypes where her character smokes weed and speaks with a racist accent. And then sexual activities and minor safety because she directs her videos to people 13 and under, even though TikTok is for 16 and up. Oh, wow. That's oh, yeah. intense. Yeah, I've seen her TikToks before and they are very targeted to a demographic of people that are like not vegans. And so that's interesting that, you know, she shows herself as a person who's very like, Whoa, I care about animals and stuff, but then she goes and does all this buffoonery. So, yeah. Jordan? I was going to say, you know, I find it interesting how TikTok is a platform that a lot of people, including myself, I was like, oh, I'm never going to get addicted to it, you know? And unfortunately, I can say I'm a little addicted to it, but it's a platform that allows people to voice their opinions and for us to even understand issues like this and learn about them and it's happening in Canada is pretty interesting. I've seen her videos as well and she's kind of aggressive with her message. Um, so, Mitchell, do you have anything to say about the vegan lady? Uh, not necessarily her, but uh, do y'all find it interesting how much like political and like corporate issues have came through TikTok? Just in like the just in its lifespan, I, I just I think it's wild. I think it's crazy that social media has taken on that, you know, that big of a platform in our lives. That like it, it can really have some it can have some political feedback or fallback. It can have some corporate fallback. It can I mean it's it's millions of dollars and it's and it's her life. So I mean that's that's wild. Um, going off of that, I find it really interesting that like the. Because honestly, I wouldn't hear about a lot of this stuff into, unless it was like through social media because I always like go back and like look it up online though somewhere else and like go to mo multiple news sites to like figure out what is true and what isn't. But I would know none of like any of the stuff without like just, you know, like scrolling through and seeing a video and then you like one video and then it's like the next five videos are the similar things. But it's crazy that that's how important social media is currently. Um, go ahead. So just to have like a little bit of a lighter note with this, she has gone after many, many people like with videos, like her stupid McDonald's song where she's like eating animals is wrong. McDonald's and stuff like that. She decided to go after Gordon Ramsay. And she was, like, telling Gordon Ramsay that, you know, you shouldn't eat animals, you shouldn't eat meat, go vegan. So he was watching her video, and he literally called her a stupid vegan donut. And then uh, on his caption, he wrote, beef burgers were eaten in this video, and he, like, ate a big beef burger after he calls her a vegan donut. 
and it was great. I was hoping she would, he would like smash her, but it was absolutely fabulous. Yeah, you can never go wrong with um, Gordon Ramsay. Uh, you can go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, I was gonna say I love Gordon Ramsay. I'm surprised he didn't call her an idiot sandwich. You know. So. Yeah, she definitely didn't call her an idiot sandwich, but he definitely did eat a burger, which I guess is kind of a sandwich, so pretty close enough, I'd say. Might I say that burger looks delish? I am not surprised. Gordon Ramsay is awesome. Love him. He's iconic. So, yeah. Um, I think that's all that we have for today, you guys. Um, unless anyone else has anything else to say, I think we're going to wrap it up for today. So awesome. Well, this is the Peace Times Talk. Um, you can definitely catch us on the Spotify's and the iTunes, I think. Um, I'll double check on that. But yeah, this is awesome. Can't wait to keep on talking and hearing more about what's happening on campus. Yeah, go ahead, Adrian. Don't forget to the last day to drop or add any courses. That's right. Thank you for the reminder. Uh, if you're listening to this on January 25th, which is a Monday, um, tomorrow, the 26th of January, is the last day that you can drop or add any courses. So make sure that you are okay with the classes that you're taking, because once we pass the deadline, you will no longer be able to drop or add any classes. So, yeah. I think that's all that we have for today now. Uh, so, party. We'll see you guys on the flip side. Adios. Bye. Bye. Bye.